0: Well, good morning. Uh, Thanks. My name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here at Circle. And today, it's my pleasure to start a new series. And this series, I believe, whether you're a seasoned churchgoer or you've just been coming for a few times or maybe somebody just invited you or maybe you're just checking us out and seeing what's this all about, I believe this series is for you. I want us to look at invitational culture. And more than that, I want us to look at the church and what we do here at church. And even more than that, Through the weeks, as we go week by week, I want us to look at what is faith all about? Why do we believe what we believe? Or why do we not believe what we don't believe? And how does that shape our worldview? And what do we do with all those things that shape us each day and each hour? So as we unpack things during the week or during the weeks to come, I hope you invite people to join us. I hope you invite somebody to come with you to check us out, to come and see what this is all about. So today specifically i'm going to wrestle with the idea of church why do we gather like this why is there gatherings of people around the world coming together each sunday or saturday or another day of the week to do something together what is this all about all of us are on a journey and many of those journeys have valleys and mountaintops and some of us experience one of those more than the other and today i want to kick it off by asking this question of why do we exist now why do we as people exist maybe but why do we exist as this church body what is it about us that makes us important or not important and i think all of us coming to a near of time and end of space we're going to ask some questions about life and i think one of the questions that we should wrestle with is what is it that people will remember about you now, this question could sound kind of maybe arrogant to say, oh, look at all the great things I'm doing, or look at all the great things we are doing as a church. But I think it's an important and honest question to say, what legacy am I leaving behind? What am I, how did I use my resources and talents and opportunities handed to me? So the question before is, what is it that people will remember about you? Now, this January... Which is just couple or just yesterday i guess was still january no it's second two days ago this january we just finished a series pastor Eldon led us through called foundation and it was an excellent series looking of belonging believing and becoming and if you missed it i'd encourage you to check out our app pastor Eldon talked about it a little bit already today but it's a free app and it gives you information of all the things that are going on here at the church but it also has a media tab and you can uh you can go to it and see all the messages that we have that we've uh, talked about, all the things that we've wrestled with together, and there's discussion guides and message guides there. So if you don't have the app, download it. And if you missed the series Foundations, look into it. And the reason it's important that you look into it because I think this series of Come and See is going to build on the series of Foundations. In which, in that series, we looked at the DNA of Circle. We looked at what makes us tick, and we discovered that we, as, as Circle, want to be a place and want to be a community. That lives in the way of Jesus. We want to be a place where those that find themselves on the outside of life, on the outskirts of things, those of us that feel that maybe we have been disqualified, or maybe we're not good enough, or maybe we're not worthy enough, have a place to belong. This was the way of Jesus. He came along and there was a religious system that was set up. There were 613 rules, there was all these things that the people had to do to make it right before God and jesus came along and got right to the heart of the matter and he took all the people that other people thought were disqualified unclean undeserving sinful broken whatever those statements were that they had carried on them and jesus said you can belong and as people encountered jesus as they encountered who he was they wanted to believe because he included them and loved them so deeply and the church was a movement to live out like Christ. In fact, the early Christians weren't called Christians. They were called people of the way. And when people, other people around them saw them living in this completely countercultural way, they began to kind of make fun of them, and they called them little Christ. That's where the word Christian comes from. They were called little Christ. They were being Christ-like in things they were doing. And it was almost like an insult to say, oh, you're little Christ. But of course, the people of the way, people of the way followed Jesus said, well, that's, yeah, exactly. That's exactly who we are. So they took on the name Christian. And so those of you in the room that call yourself Christian, make sure you consider that you are Christ-like in all things that you do. And so I want to come back to this initial question, what will we be remembered for? What will we be remembered for as a church? Why do we exist? What will our neighborhood and our city remember us for? I think this is why so many of us come together and work so hard here at Circle to be a place where those who don't know Christ can come with questions, can come with doubts, and be accepted. And even before they believe, they can belong because this is the way of Jesus. So in this series, I want us to peek in, and if you're a visitor today, it's going to be like a tour to look at who we are as a church, both universally and locally. And I will share our hopes, our vision, and the tremendous opportunity we have to be a safe place for your journey, to be a place that will help many in their searching, in their doubting, in their believing, disbelieving, finding, and growing. So who are we? Well, first and foremost, I believe we as a local church here at Circle and we as a universal church believe and love people. And so specifically here at Circle, we have made it our mandate to love children, to love youth, to love young adults, to love adults, and to love seniors. It is a place that seeks to partner with our community and impact our community for good. This was precisely how jesus started his ministry he was building this upside down kingdom and the church was to carry that banner and that work we are passionate about people so much so that even though we are a larger church we want people to feel connected to have fun to build relationships to be known and so because of that we build circle groups we build these groups not because it's fun to have another program because believe you me Another program is just another whole bunch of work. We do it because we believe this is the way of Jesus, to have a place and a community where your name will be known because we have a God who says, I know your name. We create circle groups so people would have a place to have fun and to be known and to journey with somebody and to care for somebody. And look, we talked and asked people, those that are already in circle groups, and we just polled them and asked them, what would you say about it? And I'm just going to put up a few quotes just for you to hear. This is what people who are part of Circle Groups have said. I can't believe I didn't join sooner. This is one of the most <laughs> quoted things people say to me. I can't believe I didn't join sooner. I can't believe it took me so long. If it wasn't for my group, I wouldn't have made it. My group was there for me when my world was falling apart. I don't know how people do it without this kind of community. it does sound like I'm bragging doesn't it I know but this is the way of Jesus this is why we come together this is why we come as a church because we need a place to be known to be cared for to have fun together but to build relationships for good and we desire this because we're designed for this and look we all have neighbors friends coworkers, teammates who need this so badly And all they need is someone to come alongside of them and say, come and see. You see, this was the mandate of the early church. God actually called it the Great Commission. He sent out people to tell his story to other people and to baptize them and to join this movement we call the church. We all, whether it's sitting next to a friend at lunch, going to a birthday party, watching a game at someone's house, all of us have benefited from someone inviting us to something but there's an invitation we can extend that may change someone's life forever and the opportunity to extend that invitation exists now and it's often a simple invitation such as come and see why do you go why do you get up so early and go to church come and see why would you give your energy time and money to this place come and see so back to the original question what would we What would we want people to remember us for as a community at the end of time? And as I was wrestling with this question, as I was thinking about all the good things that we do and things that I can name over and over, all the different environments, all the different programs that we have, all the different things we have to help people find hope and love and grace and mercy, it came down to me that thinking about some hopes I have for Circle. And I thought, why don't I share these three hopes that I have for this place? And if I boil boil down these hopes, they are the reasons why we volunteer, why we give, why we sacrifice, why why we do what we do together. And the church becomes an essential part. It becomes an essential part of every community because it becomes a place that it doesn't judge. It's not a place for insiders or club for people who have it all together, all in neat packages and look all nicely put together. But the church would be remembered for what Jesus came to accomplish. That the sick would have a doctor. That the lost would find their way home. That all would know that they are deeply loved and cared for. We live in an age of skepticism. (laughs) I didn't pronounce that right. But we live in an age where people question things. And we're deeply looking for meaning and love. So here's my three hopes. The first hope is this. That our church, both local and the church universal, would be an essential part of any community. That people could not envision this place without Circle because of how it cares for its neighbors. That if Circle was gone, our Stonebridge community, our city of Saskatoon would say, man, we're missing this huge help that we had. And we're so sad without it. And I have to brag a little bit. I think this is why we as a staff and you, As a church came together and said let's let's create a movement called impact yxc we as a church as a community of people learning to follow in the footsteps of jesus to care for our neighbors and bless our partners who are doing good church is most impactful when we care for people around us the most shared the most excited our city was was represented how eagerly people who don't know jesus or even go to our church or any church were eager to share about our work in impact yxc with our with our partners they saw the good that was done and they were excited about it friends this is how the early church began they fed the poor they fed the criminals they provided for those that others considered disqualified so we cared for people before or any kind of stipulation we just said this is a good work and so because of that we will care Look at what Prophet Micah said. Now, Prophet Micah, his stuff is found in the Old Testament, which is stuff before Jesus, and these are the laws and things and the way God revealed himself to the people of Israel. And he said this, trying to explain to people what God expects of his people. And Micah said it this way. He said, he, that is God, has told you, O man, which is you people, he told you people. I guess I can't say you people, right? That's probably not good. So hear me out. God says he told you people what is good and what does the lord require of you but to do justice to love kindness and to walk humbly with your god this is why we impact our partners in our community because we love justice and kindness and we want to walk humbly in the footsteps of jesus it is not for any kind of other benefit we do this because this is the way of god And you as a church did it. You came together. Those of you that call circle your home, pooled thousands of dollars, supplies, volunteers, and resources to help our partners do justice and kindness in the city. And the cool part is is that Impact YXC is not a one-time thing. It is part of our movement and it's part of our DNA here at Circle. And on our app, if you go to the Impact YXC banner, you'll find ways you can get connected, help out, and do justice in the city. It is a continuous thing that we're a part of. So if you haven't heard this before, make sure you connect and check it out. And if you have questions or you're having a hard time with the app, go to the information desk because we want to be a place that is part of the movement of the way of Jesus. So that is my first hope, that the church would be such an essential part of their community, the community would miss us if we were gone. My second hope is this. I envision for our community this thing. The world where people who are skeptical of what we believe would, love, would look at our community and be amazed at how well we treat each other and, how, and amazed at how well we treat them. That this place would not just be for the insiders or a club to belong to, that this place would be a place of love. That in a skeptical time where people are suspicious of so many things, they would look at the church and they would say, holy cow, look how well they treat other people. And this was the movement of the early church the early world the ragtag group of people saw extraordinary actions and teachings and healings of jesus and after witnessing his resurrection after seeing the event of somebody coming back to life they began to live as he instructed and their love for other for others collapsed an entire empire an empire that was hell-bent on conquering and using its power to oppress anyone who stood in the way this small group of people The small church with the power of the Holy Spirit began to care for the rejected, disqualified, the unwanted through the acts of kindness. Love and care transformed the world as we know it. This group of people picked up abandoned children. This is just a historical fact. They would go and pick up abandoned children, babies that were left behind because they were born a girl and not a boy. And they would pick them up and care for them and raise them and give them dignity of life. They stayed in villages when plagues would rip through communities and they would nurse people back to life. They would risk and lose their own life to help the sick. That unusual love got attention of the world once. And it is my hope that it will do it again. It is time for us Christians to take the name; those of us that call ourselves Christians to take the name of Christian serious and be little Christ. Not by our political leanings, not by our access to power or money, but by our ability to love one another. This should be our reputation, not anything else that is tied or hurled at the church today. You go on the street and ask somebody what they think of the church. Is it this? When people think Christian because of our actions, they should think, that's the finest people I have ever met, the most honest, ethical people I know. So when people think of Christians, they may say, I'm not sure if I really want to be one. I don't know if I believe all that stuff. It seems kind of crazy, but I sure want my daughter to marry a Christian guy. Because they know how to love, how to care, how to protect, how to encourage, how to lift up, and how to empower women. Or they may say i'm not sure if i believe all that christian stuff because it sounds kind of crazy and somebody came back to life i don't know if i believe any of that stuff but man they sure love people well and because of that i'd sure love to hire a christian because i know he will work hard he'll be honest and he will never take advantage of my business i hope that our community and our church both local and universal be known for how we love people And because we are caring for people, and because we come along and treat each other well, people will say, come and see. Check this out. And this shouldn't be a surprise to us. This shouldn't catch us off guard because one of the things that Jesus said towards the end of his ministry, and it's found in John 13, he says, by this all people will know that you are my followers, or disciples, if you love one another. By this one thing, people will know that you are following me, that you are being Christian. By doing this right, it shows that you are paying attention to what I've taught, is what Jesus is saying. That you are being little Christ, that you are being a Christian. By loving one another, people will know who you are. Not by your judgments, not by reminding everyone how sick or sinful they are, but by this one thing, how you love one another. And isn't it just like Jesus to take all the complicated 613 laws that were really important and to boil them down to the heart of the matter and isn't it just like us to make it so complicated and so much about us by this one thing people will know who you are let me ask you what do people know you for is not our original question what will people remember you for and look how easy jesus makes it by how you love One another. Imagine a world where people are envious about how we talk about each other, about how we treat each other, about how we treat our communities, so much so that they want to join regardless if they even believe because they want to belong. They want to be part of something where they're treated so well and are amazed that they could be included and treated with kindness, respect, and justice. This changed the world once and I believe it can do it again. It is my hope and my dream. That circle becomes this this revolutionary and continues to be this revolutionary force of love and hope and support in the world again. And my third hope is this. I I envision the world where people want the message of Jesus to be true before they even believe that it is true. Let me repeat that. I envision the world where people want the message of Jesus to be true before they even believe it is true. The world where the gospel, by the way, that fancy word that we use, gospel, literally means good news of Jesus, is so clear that it is so clear that it is compelling as it actually is. When we tell people that we're going to share the gospel, we often forget and use words because we use them all the time and say, well, it's the good news. But unless it's actually good news to the person who hears it, then it's not good news. And when the message is clear, when the message of Jesus is clear that it's about justice, mercy, forgiveness, grace, love, peace, hope, and I could keep going, who wouldn't want to be part of that movement? I mean, aside from parsing each one of these words, let's look at it practically. Who doesn't want justice when they have been treated unjustly? Who doesn't want that? Who wouldn't want that to be their good news if they were mistreated? to be offered justice? Who doesn't want to know that there's a God who loves you even in the darkest moments of your soul, that there's a love for you? That there's a God who loves you and knows you so deeply and cares for you so much that he's willing to do whatever it takes to make place of hope for you? Who doesn't want that kind of God who loves you so much that he will do anything for you? That's good news. Who doesn't want that love? This is the promise of Jesus. This is the way that he has shown us to live. And he makes that offer of life, hope, justice, grace, and mercy all through his work. Who wouldn't want that to be true? The problem is we overcomplicate it. We make a whole bunch of other things and add a whole bunch of add-ons, and it becomes not the message of love or the message of good news. But when the message of hope is clear, I believe people will want this message to be true even before they believe it is true. So my hope is that we make it clear by how we love one another. Look what Jesus says in Luke. Uh, Luke was, was one of the guys who investigated all the things that Jesus did. He wrote one of the gospels, one of the good news stories, and he investigated, he, went, he, he worked with Paul, which was an apostle, not me, he worked with this apostle Paul and he asked questions and asked Peter. He interviewed them and put together this whole story and, and he's quoting Jesus here and he's saying the law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached and everyone is forcing their way into it. Jesus, what Jesus is saying here, he's saying before, until John the Baptist, the law and the prophets kind of gave us the way to new humanity. They explained, Do this, live this way Don't be like your neighbors, don't kill people, don't murder babies, don't sacrifice, don't do all that other stuff that they do. Live in this specific way to be made right before God. But since John the Baptist, since Jesus has arrived, live in the way of Jesus. And that will be the new kingdom, that will be the new humanity, that will be so revolutionary and so different that people will say, I want to be part of that. I'm not sure if I fully believe all of it yet, but I want to be part of that because look how well they love each other. Look how well they treat each other. And they're forcing their way into it, Jesus says. That's how compelling it was. That's how compelling this movement is. That all who hear it want it to be true because it is so just, so merciful, so gracious. That how could you not want to be part of this? And when people understand this good news, people lean in and this is my hope for circle this is my hope for the local church and it's my hope for the universal church and it's my hope for our city i want the good news of jesus to be so clear and the hope and invitation so loud that this place is good for you and just and merciful and caring these are my hopes this is what i want us to be remembered by but at the end of time that we all leaned in together and offered justice mercy And we walk humbly and we love others well so why do i tell you all of this stuff where is this going the one thing i know about our city and our people and our people and our communities that we're all very very busy i know we are it's like it's like the drug of choice every time we ask somebody how they're doing oh we're busy i do it too this is i'm not judging you i do it too oh i'm so busy so many of us are so stretched that we hear all this, and like today, we might hear all this exciting stuff about Jesus. We come together, and we may be even on board, and we may even say amen, and we may be super excited about it, but we'll look at our schedule and say, oh, I'm so busy. It's really great that you professional Christians are doing that. That's not the church, the church is all of us. And I know we're super busy, and I know we have so many things going on. But as we unpack this, this series, as we look on it through the next three weeks, we're going to look at faith and worldview we're going to look how these things shape us we're going to look at what we do with our belief or disbelief as we do all that other stuff the important part of this and there's a one thing this, there's this one important part of all of this that we all have to engage in that we all have to be part of it and it's a part of the early church that, be, that made the church spread the way it did yes it is love to, it's to love others well yes it's to care for other people But it doesn't happen unless we actually begin to act it out. And there's one thing that we all need to do. And it's kind of a keystone habit that we all should have, that we all need to develop. And it's a keystone habit that the early church began to develop. And because it began to develop it, the church grew and and exploded. And it's a keystone habit. Do you know what a keystone habit is? Some of you might know this. It's a habit that kind of has a cascading effect on everything else you do in your life. So, for example, if, uh, you know, you're not feeling well and you go see the doctor and the doctor's like, you know what, you haven't been eating very healthy, you should really track what you eat because this is why you're not feeling well. And so you go home and you make a chart, even though you don't like charts, and you're like, okay, I should eat healthy. And so you start tracking all the things you put into your body. And because you're creating this habit of tracking everything you put in your body, You begin to notice you put some stuff that's not very good into your body. So you begin to eliminate those not good things from your your grocery list. And you start cooking healthier and eating healthier. And because you're tracking, you're eating healthier. And because you're eating healthier, you actually start to uh, feel better. And because you feel better, you begin to sleep better. And because you sleep better, you work harder when you go to work. And because you work harder and you have all this energy, your boss notices. So he pays you more money. And when you get more money your kids like you (laughs) i'm just kidding about that part but the keystone habit is the idea that you introduce something so important to your life that it transforms the rest of your life and every individual in the early church and every individual in the organized church have this have keystone habits and there's one that's so important for us and our keystone habit here at Circle has to become and has to continue and it has to grow, and that is to invest and invite, invest into relationships of people around us and invite them into, by saying, come and see. And we invest in people, not because they're projects. Please, if you ever consider somebody who's your friend, your neighbor, your teammate, your person you hang out with as a project, stop it. There are people to be loved and cared for. And the early church invested because they went out because they saw the dignity and the humanity and they saw the likeness of God in other people. No matter what their status was, no matter what their condition was, they saw the goodness of God and they saw the image bearing of God in other people and they invested in them. So I'm not introducing something new. I'm introducing something that Jesus introduced in the way of Jesus in the early church by investing in other people. We do this all the time in other ways, right? We go to a good restaurant and we're like, oh, that was so good. I got to tell my buddy about this. I got to tell my friends about this. And we talk about this restaurant like it's godsend. Or we go see a great movie or we see a great comedian or we go see a great new sport or whatever it is, art show, and we tell other people because we want to share with other people things that have impacted us positively. We don't want anyone to miss out. You want to share the good news. Why would you want anyone to miss out to having a place where you can belong and be cared for? Why would you not want to invest in your friends and communities and tell them, come and see. This place will help you. Why would you not want to invite somebody to say, hey, you're looking for community. We have this place, and they think so hard about circle groups. They want to find the right place for you to belong, to be cared for, to walk with you, to have fun, to build relationships. Or maybe you know somebody who has kids, and you could say, come and see, check out this place. I'm part of this place called Circle. I'm not even sure if I believe everything they believe, but they sure care about kids, and they give dignity to them and they place meaning in their lives and they tell them that they're important and big part of this world. Or maybe you know somebody who has teenagers and you could say, man, we have, I'm part of this place and they have this youth pastor. His name's John. He's a little bit off, but he's kind of (laughs) cool. I love John. John who spends time and energy thinking and dreaming about how to help young people find meaning in life as they're going through all the turbulence that changes their life, as they're going through all the things that adolescents go through, and he's thinking, how do I create a safe space that these young people, these teenagers can wrestle with this stuff and be accepted and loved and cared for? Why wouldn't you want people to know about this place? Or all the other many programs and environments that we have and create here so we could find safety and care, where our staff and our volunteers weekly pray for people and wrestle and dream about making a place that's engaging and helpful and resourceful and safe for every kind of person. It seriously is the best kept secret in town. And I'll tell you why sometimes we don't want to share it, because Christians have been known by those other things that I didn't mention. Because when we bring up Christian, people don't think about love or kindness or care or how they treat one another is so good. Guys, being here today is being part of that movement. It's being part of a movement to say, I'm going to care for other people well. So well that when people hear about this place, they'll want to check it out. And I'm going to create opportunities for people to come and say, Come and see. And I believe it will impact people in a positive way even before anyone has come to any conclusions about God, Jesus, or the church. So I do know inviting people is hard. I think it's important. I think it's a keystone habit that we need to develop. I think it's part of who we are. I also believe this is what God actually called us into. There's a reason in the church tradition it's called the Great Commission. It's great. It's part of the Great Commandment. It's part of all the things that we're designed for. But I know not everybody, you could, some of you may say, well, Paul, you, you're a people person sometimes. And maybe it's easier for you to talk to somebody and maybe it's easier for you to invite them. It's not. It's hard sometimes. So I'm going to give you a couple of ways to think about this and a couple of ways to invite your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your teammates, your whoever you, you journey with. And there are three things to look for. When you hear the when you hear these three knots, NOTs, this is when you're gonna engage. And I'm gonna kinda help you what to engage and how to engage that. But here are the three knots. If you hear somebody saying things are not going well. Things are not going well. I didn't think marriage would be this hard. Things are not going well with my kids. Things are not going well with my work. If you hear that. The second one, we were not prepared for this things were going so good we were not prepared for this accident we were not prepared for this financial downfall we were not prepared for our business to tank we were not prepared to lose a love bomb. we were not prepared for this and last one last not not going to church there's no way I'm going to church so if you hear these three knots around you this is your prompt this is my challenge to all of you and to myself if you hear any of these nods, that you would say, Hey, you should check out this place I'm part of. It's a place that I want to invite you to because I don't want you to miss out. It's a place I want you to come and check it out because I know they will treat you well. It's a place that I know that even though you might not believe this, they will accept you and you will belong. And the invitation is as simple as, Are You ready for this? Come and see. Come and see. Here's why they should come. I'll add a little tagline to come and see because sometimes you're like, well, okay, Paul, that's a trick. You didn't give us more. But it's one of these things. You could say, because life is just so hard. Things are not going well for me. Yeah, I know. Life is just challenging, isn't it? And I go to this place that just wants to get it right. Oh man, we were not prepared for this. Ah, it's really hard, and life is difficult. And I belong to this part of community that wrestles with this, and just wants to get it right. Because marriage is hard, school is hard, parenting is hard, singleness is hard. It's all so complicate complicated, and we just want to get it right. Because who doesn't want to get it right? Like who's out there going? Ah, I don't want to get anything right in life. I'm just going to create chaos. We all want to get it right. So as you, as you invest in people, as you partner with people, as you connect with people, and you hear those three knots, would you join the challenge and say, come check this place out? Because life is difficult, but they just want to get it right. We want to be good stewards of this amazing opportunity we have to help our neighbors to be a place in the city that would miss us if we were gone to a place where we're going to journey together be part of a movement that focuses on love and justice and grace and mercy and forgiveness man we lock i shouldn't say we but it's easy to walk, look turn the tv on or internet and see how little forgiveness there is today how much pointing of the finger there is, how much everybody's talking past each other. And life is complicated like that. And we just want to get it right. So be part of the change. Be part of the movement. Invite somebody this week to come check this place out. This is my call to action. This is my challenge to you to invite someone to come and see. So would you invest, invite, and sit with them when they come? Don't invite somebody and pretend you don't know them. It's not good. Because when you invite somebody, and even if they don't believe what we believe yet, or what you believe yet, and they're and they here and they hear the Bible or they hear something for the first time, you begin to see what they're learning through their eyes and your value system begins to change and your language begins to change because now if this doesn't make sense if it's not clear if it's not inviting if it's not just or merciful or gracious or forgiving you're going to be upset right your value system changes when you begin to invest in inviting people because you begin to see everything through their eyes I mean, some, those of us that grew up in the church, things become secondhand. Oh, I, I know the gospel. I know what that means. I know when to raise my hand. I know when not to. I know when to stand up or not to stand up. We, we make it all complicated about all these other things that we do that are not heart issues. But when we, like the early church, begin to invest in other people and care for them and love them and bring them along to something that could be helpful, we begin to see things through their eyes. We begin to build habits they change us and them. During a series of foundation that Pastor Ellen talked about, he introduced the spiritual pathway, and it's basically identifying where you are in the journey because we're all on a journey. And sometimes we come to those of us that are seasoned church people. This is just for you. If you're not a seasoned church person, if this is you're just checking things out, awesome, welcome here. But if you're a seasoned church person and you've thought, oh man, I know all my verses, I know all my stuff, I know this and that, I know what to do and what not to do, and you kind of feel like you reached it, and that's where you're plateauing, you're actually not living out the movement. Because the movement of the spiritual pathways, you now invest in somebody. We have numbers around it. It's it's not a great it's just simply to help you identify which one you are but you invest in somebody and you walk alongside of them and your values and everything begins to change and you feel renewed because you're on a mission and on purpose and a call to help someone and you make it as clear as possible that this place is about justice and mercy and grace and forgiveness in the gospel of john the story that was written about the good news of jesus by john there's a part that John writes down. He was just a simple guy. And he encountered Jesus. And Jesus was going away and he said to him, he asked him, Jesus, where are you staying? Where are you going? And Jesus said, come and see. And that simple invitation changed John's life forever. Your simple invitation to somebody, come and see, may change their life forever. Would you join us in the challenge of inviting people to a place where we want to get it right, where we want to care for you? Because life's hard. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for your grace and mercy, and we thank you, Jesus, that you came into this world and you simplified so many things, and you lived in a way that transformed everything. And when people acknowledged and finally realized who you were and began to live like you lived, it transformed them to their deepest core. And they invested in the movement. Help us invest in our friends, in our coworkers, in our teammates, in our neighbors. Help us to love others well. I pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us if something touched your heart we're going to have a team up front please feel free to come and ask questions join us next sunday as we continue the series of come and see go in peace